John chapter 6, we're doing the underdogs is our current series, and today we're just going to do a very familiar story. A lot of the underdog stories will be familiar, and hopefully there's just, we can get the really clear point across that you are never an underdog with the Lord on your side. And so today we're going to be looking at a familiar story about the feeding of the 5,000. And hopefully the Lord will speak to you. He's already spoken to me already. So I'm really so blessed in that way. John chapter 6, we're going to kind of be in verses 1 through 15. We're going to start off in verse 5 here, just as we kind of get going. And this is King James, the first part, and then NIV will be the rest. But John chapter 6 in verse 5. And the scripture says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he says unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. I love that. Verse 7. And Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little and one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says unto him, There is a lad here with half five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Right? Isn't that good? You just know the end of the story? That's David was this morning in Sunday school. He was trying to tell the end of the story before we'd even started. That's an exciting thing when your kids know the story well enough to do that, right? This is from Martin Luther. Uh, Back lived back in the 1500s, 1600s, and I really appreciate this. Think about this thought today, especially as we're talking about this is the day that we sang this morning. God's wonderful works, which happen daily, are lightly esteemed, not because they are of no import, but because they happen so constantly and without interruption. Man is used to the miracle that God rules the world and upholds all creation. And because things daily run their appointed course, it seems insignificant. And no man thinks it worth his while to meditate upon it and to regard it as God's wonderful work. And yet it is a greater wonder than that Christ fed 5,000 men with five loaves and made wine from water. Did you catch that? Every day the sun comes up and every night <laughs> the sun goes down. Anybody here, can you make that happen on your own? Every season, we get what we need, water, we get sunshine, we get food, right? The way that the solar system is arranged, the way that your body is made is incredible when you look at the structure of your body. You talk to your chemist over there, he'll tell you some pretty interesting things, I'm sure, right? All of these things, and they just happen all the time, and they're so constant, we don't even think about praising the Lord about them. But we see something like a miracle, and we're like, wow, because <laughs> it's out of the ordinary, right? Don't miss God in all the other details that are amazing that you don't think about all the time. Right? That's the point there this morning, okay? Well, let's kind of get our gear together, and we're going to look at what the Lord has to say about us through the feeding of the 5,000. Look down, if you would, in John chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to kind of get the setting here, and we're going to see that we still have hope even in hard times. We have hope even in hard times. John chapter 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw miraculous signs he performed on the sick. 
Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down with his disciples and the Passover feast was near. Now, if you look in kind of the setting of everything that's going on here, this is not too far past the death of John the Baptist. Now, how do you think that Jesus and the disciples are feeling at that time, right? I mean, even think about how John was feeling. John, who was the one who said, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals, right? John is the one who baptized the Son of God. He heard the voice. He saw the, the Spirit descend like a dove. That John the Baptist, and he knows this is the Son of God. This is the promised one. This is the one who's to come. And where does John end up? Where does he find himself? Right? Because of a wicked queen's request, he is going to be beheaded. He finds himself in jail. He even sends to ask Jesus, and he says to Jesus, are you the one to come or what? Or is there another? My situation's not looking so good. What's going on, right? I went to share with me this morning, a friend of ours, Emily Petty, is going to Japan, and she got to a place at one point where her back was so messed up from a car accident, and she was asking God, what's going on? I thought you had this plan for me why didn't you heal me why didn't you make it right i'm going to go do things for you what's going on and that's where john the baptist is here today right is there another one to come what's going on and what i want to remind you we talk about a lot in our church is that especially through the scriptures it doesn't promise roses for christians does it right john is glorified in death and here, I'm sure some of the disciples are kind of questioning what's going on. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen somebody that's a strong believer going through a difficult time, and then you kind of wonder, God, why aren't you acting? Where are you at? Right? And I wouldn't doubt that some of the disciples are feeling that way. And so that's a little bit of the backdrop of coming into this miracle that we're about to see in just a little bit. Jesus is looking for an opportunity to strengthen his disciples, and here again this morning, sometimes the Lord allows hard things that we may ultimately be strengthened in him. Been through any hard things lately? Going through some hard things now? There's a lot of yeses in this congregation, isn't there, right? Our duty is to submit to the Lord that we might get the growth that he has for us even through the difficult times. Now, why are the people following Jesus? Because his speaking was amazing? Because he was telling them to repent? <laughs> no, it's the same thing that we have today. They follow a show. Do people follow a show today? You better believe it. I do, right? I like a good show. Give me a good story. I want to see it. I want to, how's it in? What's going on? And where Jesus was going, what was happening? I mean, there's a rumor that he turned water to wine. What? Really? There's a rumor that there was a guy that was blind, and when Jesus touched him, he could see. What? I mean, what if happened on the south side if all of a sudden today there was a guy over at community, and the next thing you know, there was about 300 empty rooms at that place because everybody walked out of there feeling perfectly fine? Do you think anybody would, that would get their attention? Do you think the news would show up? And then once the news came, once the news got around, what's going on next, right? Let's go see. Let's check this out. And probably some people even started bringing people with them, didn't they, right? Well, my friend doesn't feel good. My, my buddy, and you guys know the stories. I mean, there's a story where four guys lower one of their friends through a ceiling to get to Jesus because they wanted to see what he could do. 
And so we have this same setting here. People are coming to check out who is this person. And again, I would remind you this. We should be about healing, but the purpose is always for the glorification of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the end result. And Jesus will draw many people and will heal and help the hurting. We're talking about human trafficking. We're talking about homeless. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about nursing homes. All those places. We need to be in those places. Amen? But the ultimate goal isn't that we just fix all the problems. The ultimate goal is that we draw people to Christ. And that ultimately, when we're singing what a day that will be, that we're talking about what really is going to come. And everybody can be a part of that if they would trust the Savior. All right. Well, let's look at the test this morning. Look down, if you would, in verse 5. And the test, very simply, today, for me and you, as it was for the disciples, is do you trust me? Do you believe in me? Do you believe I can take care of you in this situation? Verse 5, when Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I just love that phrase right there. Verse 7, Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Well, this is a pretty good little crowd shows up, right? And they didn't measure people just by people. They measured them by the number of men. So we have the story that there's 5,000 men there, but if there's women and children there as well, again, some scholars will say it could be up to 10 to 15,000 people are gathered at this place. Again, the word has gotten out, right? Especially in a day not so technically medically advanced as our day, but people start hearing things like, hey, you can be healed. The crowds flock in. 5,000 people have gathered around 5,000 men, and Jesus decides to test Philip. What does he ask him? Hmm? He asks him, well, what can we do here? You take care of the problem. Again, this is where the Lord just kind of challenged me today. Um, we need boxes for Ascent 121. You take care of the problem, Jesus says to us. I can't, I can't do that, right? That's way too much for me. And maybe it's a different thing in your life that you're thinking, I can't do that. What's Philip say? Is Philip the strong, faithful person and he already just has this great trust in the Lord? He knows it's all going to work out amazingly. Philip's the accountant. He's the CPA, right, Megan? <laughs> he is the realist. Do we have any realists in the building today? Right? Yeah, we have a few of us, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what kind of math you're doing, Jesus, but this doesn't work out. The, you can look through, you can look through, uh, Judas can look through the amount of money we have in our coffers, and we got five, maybe 10,000 people here today, and if we need to buy lunch for everybody, that's about eight months' wages, right? And preacher tried to do a little guesstimation. My math isn't always the best. Let's say, and again, this is a lot of ifs here, but if a living wage today was $48,000 a year, so $4,000 a month, then we're looking at 32 grand. Anybody want to go drop 32 grand today for lunch? What? 32 grand. That kind of puts a little bit of a modern day thing on it, right? Again, now what was your occupation if you were a disciple? I'm gonna tell you that my dad and Rick and I would not make a lot of money from our fishing. 
<laughs> we had a lot of fun, but we were not very profitable. I bet you that Peter, James, and John were pretty good and better than we were, but still to think about eight months wages, eight months wages, what are you going to do with that? And so Philip sees what we too often see, right? We see a great need that cannot be helped, a problem that cannot be solved. Lots of reasons why this just won't work. Have you ever done that? To be honest with you, that's a little bit of my job at work because my boss, he is a yes man. You ever been around something like that? And we're in technology. And so, well, Somebody says, we want to do iPads. Okay, we'll do iPads. Well, now we have 13,000 iPads at Noblesville Schools. All right. That's what I do. That's my day job is 13,000 iPads. All right. Somebody says, well, we need to do Windows machines. Okay, let's do that. We'll do Windows machines for the business department. Someone says, you know what? For keyboarding, we need to do Chromebooks. Okay, yes, let's, we'll do Chromebooks. Oh, we need to do digital signage. All right, let's do that. And he tries to find every way to enable every student, every opportunity. And the rest of us are like, there's a reason I'm not doing that on camera. He would kill me, all right? He'll probably hear this anyways. But the point is that my job many of the time is to be all the reasons why we can't. And then what we do is we find out why we can't, and then we try to overcome those things. Some of you maybe work that way, right? Here's all the roadblocks. Here's all the obstacles. Travis, you're so annoying because you always try to come in and tell me why we can't do this. But then usually we figure out how to overcome that issue, right? Philip is the why we can't person. But who shows up as the, well, maybe we just, maybe, I don't know, we maybe we can? Who's that person? Andrew, right? How do you think you would handle a test like this one? Jesus already knows what he's going to do in this situation. That's what I want you to know today. All right? Whether you're talking about trying to help someone in need or you're trying to do a project what you're trying to accomplish, you're like, I don't know how this can happen. And Jesus already knows how he's going to do it. He's already got a handle. Isn't that good? He already has a handle, but I've got to be obedient. I've got to trust him. So Andrew responds, and what's he say? Well, um, Jesus, we found a little boy here. He's got uh, how many barley loaves? Five. And, and how many crappies he got? Or bluegill? <laughs> he got two bluegills. And uh, five things of sunbeam bread, right? Oh, what are we going to do here, right? And I want to tell you this is a bad thing because um, this is the way preachers a lot of times we react. We often think about what we don't have instead of what we do have. Do you do that? Right? You guys, are we so blessed today to have the people we have here today and the people we have online and the opportunity to praise the Lord together in a free country and to magnify his name? We have so much. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything that we don't have. And why isn't this this way? And why isn't this this way? And here's a reminder that we need to be looking at the things that we do have that maybe God wants to use for his glory, right? Even in your own family, are you so focused on what you don't have that you're missing out on what you do have? Health and love and food and so many blessings we take for granted. Real quick, what do you think is going on in the boy's mind? Right? I mean, you, you, there's this great big crowd. It's almost like, and I'm sure there wasn't a stage, but it may feel like it. And how they're laid out on the hill, I don't know, kind of thing. And he comes all the way up to the front, and he's with all the disciples, and they're going back and forth. And they're like, this guy's got this. And he's like, what are you taking my lunch? I don't know. <laughs> right? Um, but again, think about this. God is going to take the resources of a little boy 
And he's going to change the lives of 10,000 people. That's pretty good, isn't it? Like so often we doubt ourselves. What can we do? We doubt our church. Sometimes we're so small. What can we do? God takes the resources of a little boy, and it's little resources, but in God's hand, what is it? With God and you're on his side, you're never the underdog. Because he can take whatever he wants and make whatever he wants out of it. And that's what he does here with this young man. Again, analyzing the situation, they've got something, but what, what can a little, little thing, what difference can it make? This is a famous quote, and I shared this with you before, but I just, I love this quote. When you think about little things just don't make any difference, I love this quote. If you think you are too small to make a difference, try spending the night in a closed room with a mosquito. That's an African proverb, <laughs> right? Can a mosquito make a difference? Yes, right? It can make you miserable. And just think again what a little bit can do. Let's see what Jesus can do. Let's look at the answer this morning. A little something goes a long, long way. Verse 10. So Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. And Jesus then took the loaves, and he gave thanks, and he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Jesus has the 5,000 to sit down so that they can be served in an orderly fashion, right? There's some faith right there, right? What are the, again, what are the disciples are thinking? What are you doing? You're going to sell these people? Did you, you got catering coming in? We got food trucks today? I mean, what's going on? This is, what kind of day is this going to be, right? And the next thing you know, they're all ordered. And then Jesus does something. And I think this is what we should all take away from this. He gave thanks. And I don't necessarily think he said, just bless this food, though maybe he did that. But my guess is he thanked the Father for the loaves and the fish. He was thankful for the resources he had. And he asked God to supply what was needed. Maybe he even prayed, give us our daily bread that day. Amen. So whether we're talking homeless ministry or we're talking human trafficking kits, or we're talking helping someone in a nursing home, or we're talking trying to take care of the facility, or we're talking to have the courage to share the gospel with a coworker or a neighbor or someone we love. Maybe we should give thanks before we step into it. Amen? Jesus teaches us that. When everybody else had no idea where the daily bread would come from, God supplied. Again, Jesus wasn't concentrating on what he didn't have, but he was thankful for what he did. Real quick, I want to read you a few little paragraphs here about a guy by the name of George Mueller. He was a person of great faith and great prayer. And just a reminder to trust the Lord with what he has given us. Many times he was forced to say the funds are exhausted, <laughs> but not once did these words hold true overnight. Funds might have been depleted during the day, at times all day, and again for hours, but when nightfall came, there was something on the hand for the next day. With this faith... Uh, this meant trusting for today's needs. Again, not for a year, but for today. Sometimes in plenty, but oftener in poverty, his faith carried the orphanages on. 
Many times in dire straits, the money would arrive at the very moment of prayer or as he was reading the list of needs for the day. His trust in the father of the fatherless was so confident that not once did he turn a child away. Can you imagine? Often gifts came in at the very instant of prayer. And March 5th of 1839, he writes, while I was in prayer, QQ sent a check for seven pounds. Closing the report for the year of 1839, he sums up the bounteous blessing of God saying for the orphan houses, without anyone having been asked by us, they weren't out raising funds, the sum of 3,000 pounds has been given entirely as a result of prayer to God from the commencement of the work. He asked the Lord for it. Think about that today. The following year was started without enough money to carry throughout the first day. A peculiar incident occurred that day which showed Mr. Mueller's character. After the usual watch night service, about an hour past midnight, a friend whom Mr. Mueller knew to be in debt handed him a sealed envelope with money in it. I resolved, therefore, without opening the paper, to return it. This was done when I knew there was not enough in hand to meet the expenses of the day. Seven hours later, about eight this morning, a brother brought five pounds for the orphans. Observe the brother is led to bring it at once. God honored Mr. Mueller's faith in giving back the money he knew a lady needed to pay her debts more than the orphans needed it. Did you catch that? Check comes in. He knows a lady needs this money more than the orphans need it. Without opening the envelope, he gives it to the person that he thinks needs it. He keeps praying, and then 5,000 comes in. Right? A really incredible heart of faith. Finally, on January 12, 1841, after he had been forced to delay printing his yearly report because of a lack of funds, he notes that the Lord supplies this need. In addition, uh, 5,000 was received for missionary work in East Indies. Here is his prayer testimony concerning this largest gift he had thus far received. This is what I want you to hang on to this morning. In all my experience, I have found that if I could only settle a certain thing to be done was according to the will of God, that means were soon obtained to carry it into effect. You guys, that's the whole key. Does God want you to do this? Then he will provide the beans. I really, I feel like right now I would like to take each of you in a room and talk to you about your life and what's going on in your situation. And what you need to figure out is, does God want me to do this? And if he does, he'll provide the means. You don't have to worry about the means. That could be for our church corporately. That could be for you individually. Let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. All right, again, Jesus takes the almost nothing. He makes it into 5,000. And not only that, what happens with the leftovers? Anybody here like leftovers? I love leftovers. My wife can't stand them. Right? We just have that debate all the time. How many leftovers did Jesus have? He had 12 baskets, 12 baskets. So again, think about that. Just try to visually imagine that. You've got 12 disciples, probably each with a basket. And again, I don't even know after the prayer, how did that work? Did everything get split in half and it got put into a basket? And they're praying and they're handing things out and they keep handing things out and they keep handing things out. And they're like, what is going on here? They keep handing things out. They keep, handing, they keep walking the aisles and they get done and they look at their basket and what do they see? It's full. <laughs> That's the way the Lord is with us, right? I don't know how you're going to do this, God. I don't think this will happen. There's no way you can do this. And then God does it, and you're like, my heart is full. What you left me is so incredible, and I had so little faith to trust you. Again, be encouraged today. 
If it's the Lord's will, he will take care of the resource. Final little thing, and we'll be done this morning. We want to see the response. Look down, if you would, in verse 14. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is coming to the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When we let the Lord do the work and take the credit, the Lord take the credit, some great things will happen, right? When we let the Lord do the work, who gets the glory? If I be lifted up, I will do what? I'll draw all men unto myself, right? That's what the scripture says, right? What I love about the story is that Jesus takes the little things, the small things, a little boy, a little bread, a few fish, and he wins over the multitude. And again, my challenge to you is this morning, if we will give our little to the Lord, he will make it much. All right, here's your questions to take with you this week. What do you need to give to the Lord today? What resources do you have? I know some of you are like, oh, I'm just not, I wouldn't be good at that. I'm not any good at this, right? I'll tell you, I saw Sintel climb a ladder all the way to that light bulb up there. <laughs> and that reminds me that some people can do some pretty amazing things. Now, we still have a lot of work to do. You guys can tell that when you look at that, right? Uh, but to see some people that you're like, man, he had no fear. And he went right up there. That's incredible, right? What gifts do you have today that you're kind of like, oh, I, I just can't do anything. I don't think I can take, I don't think I can do this. What do you need to give to the Lord? What fish and loaves do you need to give? Maybe you think you're not worth much or that your effort is too little or your strength or your resources are not enough to be significant. Anybody identify with that today? I'm not what I used to be. I can't do what I used to do. I just, I don't know. I don't know what God can even do with me. Let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. What is God asking you to give to him today? Let's stand this morning. We're just going to have prayer here right off the bat, and then we'll do our announcements. But I want you with a tender heart this morning to offer yourself to the Lord. And again, you may not think that you are much, but the Lord takes little and he makes it much. And so today, as we pray this morning, whatever's on your heart, whatever that little is, it may be something for our church, it may be something for yourself, but you ask the Lord to take that little and to make it much. And if you would pray this morning, the Lord would take your little faith and my little faith and would increase it and would make it much. All right, let's pray. Again, Heavenly Father, today, we're so thankful for your word and for your kindness, Lord, that you let us meditate and dwell on all that you've done. Lord, we praise you. We worship you this morning. Lord, we stand in awe of who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us when we think so little of you that we don't offer the little that we have for you to make it much. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to get a very sensitive ear to your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would know when things are your will. Or whether it's something as small as doing a, a project for a different ministry, or whether it's the big decisions in our life, or would you give us that peace from you and from your spirit that we know what your will is, Lord, and then we could step out in great faith or even with little resources, knowing that you would provide and Lord, that you want to do great things with our little for your great name. God, give us strength today. I pray that you open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to follow after you. And Lord, please help us to make a difference. Lord, let your name be hallowed in all the world and let us be filled with great joy. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, real quick, we just have a few announcements.